festive greetings and welcome to Economics in 10 with Pete and Gav. This is our third special edition podcast, the first of the second season, and it's a seasonal special. To quote Noddy Holder, it's Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> we'll st- <laughs> I didn't sound much like Noddy Holder. No, I didn't. Anyway, we'll still be asking 10 questions that will hopefully inform you and get you thinking about economics. But this time, it will be based around the joys of Christmas. Before you ask the first question, yeah. can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Do you enjoy Christmas? Yeah! Do you? Because I know you've got weird likes and dislikes. <laughs> like you don't really like going on holiday, do you? Yeah, no, that's true. I don't really like the school holidays over Christmas. I think it's too short. It's too short? Yeah. Oh, right. You normally like holidays too I know, long. but yeah. the thing is, is that with the Christmas holidays as school teachers, yeah. you don't have time to rest because you're just running around, aren't you? Right. Spending time with family. We have more time to rest than other people. But... No, I know that. But I just think, I always think, take, take a week off summer, yeah. give it to us at Christmas. You'd but only no, to, you'd only have to see more relatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. But uh, no, I, I do not enjoy. So you like Christmas? Yeah, because yeah. I like the nature of getting stuff. Okay. So, oh, right. So it's the acquisitive side of things. Yeah, it's not the sort of peace and goodwill to all men. No, what stuff? No, <laughs> it's the opportunity yeah. to have an excuse to buy, buy buy books that I've been wanting all year. I try and okay. save, yeah. you know, that those kind of stuff up. So. I guess in this episode, we'll have to sort of strike a balance yeah. between hating on the extreme commerciality of Christmas. Good point. But, st- you know, still enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Okay, the okay. third way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good old Anthony Giddens. Right. So, the first question. It seems a strange place to start, but why can Christmas be a good time to see whether we're all getting richer or poorer? Let's talk inflation. Shall we, shall we explain first how inflation's calculated? That would be brilliant. Go on, yeah. go for so, it. In the UK, and in fact in most countries, uh, they use a measure called the Consumer Prices Index. Yeah. So you know what this does, don't you? Basically what they do, I think it's the Office for National Statistics yeah. in the UK. I always find statistics, I'd say. Yeah. Makes me sound like I've got a speech. <laughs> uh, but the Office for National Statistics, the yeah. ONS, they do a survey in the first instance yeah. of... Six to seven thousand households. Family expenditure survey. Yeah. yeah. In which they ask them, what do you buy in yeah. your typical month? And how much of your income do you spend it on? Yes. Okay. And they use that to determine what they call a typical basket of goods. Yes. So there's about six or seven hundred items yeah, in 700 it. Yeah, seven hundred now. Uh, and they then uh, weight those uh, goods. So if you spend more on food, for example, that will have more of a weighting in the basket than what you spend on pencils. Yes. For example, not that good. Anything against pencils. No. And then they do a price survey of those six or seven hundred goods, and then they find out whether, on average, prices have gone up or they've gone down compared with the previous year. Very good. And that gives a measure for inflation. And you say richer or poorer, obviously when it comes to inflation, it's the relationship between prices and incomes. Yes. So, in a sense, if your income stays the same, which sadly for public sector workers in the UK, it largely has yeah. over the last 10 years. Yeah. I'm hoping at that point our uh, podcast technical guru <laughs> will play some sad music. Uh, <laughs> but it has. So in real terms... And probably more important for those certain people on benefits yeah. who haven't had their pay cut for three or four years yeah, now. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So the Porcelain so, Society. Yeah, the Porcelain Society. Though not pensioners. No. Yeah. Gill edge. Pens- triple lock. Yeah, triple lock, that's country. it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we don't want to get a pensioners either. This is the season of good <laughs> We love pensioners. Yeah. And They've got that, more time on hands to listen to our long podcast. Yeah, we'd love pensioners to listen to our podcast. I feel they're yeah. an undiscovered sort of uh, yeah, niche this, market. The silver surfers. Yeah, there's loads of them as well. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? I think, do you know what? So joking aside, I think a lot of pensioners probably have a slightly miserable time at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, not as... Uh... No, that's a good point. And, and also, just going on about the, but the basket of, of goods and services, the inflation stuff, pensioners is an interesting one because sometimes they'll probably be underrepresented yes. in the basket of goods. I think they're actually excluded from the statistics. You know, they don't include pensioners in looking at the typical basket of goods. So sometimes they're... they're yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So there we are. So that's how well, inflation what's this got is... to do with Christmas, Pete? You're absolutely right. I've digressed away. Yeah. But what is a fun thing to do <laughs> on an annual basis is to measure the prices of everything on average by looking at yes. the prices of the items in the 12 days of Christmas. Good. Yes. Can you recite the 12 days of Christmas? No. So we know that we know it. Yeah. On the first day of Christmas, my true love said to me. A partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, we won't go through all of them. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I remember some of them. There's like two Lord's turtle doves. Leaping, there's golden rings. Yeah. Two turtle doves. Three calling birds. Four French hens. Uh, milk, milkmaids. Six geese are laying. Yeah. yeah. Seven swans are singing, swinging, swinging, <laughs> singing. Eight maids are milking. Swinging swans. Nine. You're making them up now. I think. Bad boys. No, 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 no. There's, there's no, no, there's no bad ten, boys. Ten pipe was what well, that was well, pipe. piping. There's pipe piping. Pipe. Anyway, the point is. Yeah. So what they yeah. do, what they do, and I, I can't remember who does it. Now. It's I the PNC it's... Wealth Management Christmas Price Index. Right. Yeah. And so they look at the prices of uh, these goods. Yeah. This is the fifth or services. Yeah. This is going to be the thirty-sixth uh, year they've done it. Yeah. So. Let's have a look. So, but by the way, obviously, some of these things uh, are quite hard to find in the modern world. Yeah, yeah. You know, to find lords a leaping, you could probably find them in the UK. Actually, probably the only place you could find them. Yeah, you could go down the house of lords. You know, um, (laughs) (laughs) how could you get them jumping around, leaping, leaping? Uh, Just sort of say. House of Commons on fire. Yeah. So, not the House of Commons, House of Lords. And then they'd all start leaping around. Or just the fact that maybe they think that they're going to, Corbyn's going to get in, yeah. the Lords are going to be abolished. Yeah. Something like that. That maybe. would get them leaping. Yeah. yeah. So we get some Lords are leaping. But anyway, the, the way they do this is they use sort of proxies for certain of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Lords are leaping are valued by the cost of hiring male ballet dancers. Did you know that? Huh. Oh, there we are. <laughs> Uh, and maids are milking is eight labourers at the federal minimum wage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you so, go. Yeah. And, so, and you're going to say what happened last year? Yeah, I'm going to say what's happened okay. last year. Obviously, we're waiting for this year's. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, actually, God, I don't think I've got last year's. But I can tell you in 2017, it went up by 0.6%. Okay, I've got 2018. It went Have up you? by 1.2%. Oh, there you are. So okay. how long have you been doing it for? So 35 years from 2018, so, so this year will be the 36th this... year. Yeah. So the cost of, in 2018, of the 364 gifts was $39,000.94, or dollars, yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and 93 cents. 
Now, also in this country, so that's America. Uh, in this country, uh, we have basically, obviously, the traditional Christmas meal, and uh, we see that the Good Housekeeping magazine. Right. Uh, they basically like to have a look at how much will all the festive spread cost. And last year, this is 2018, the cost was nearly 6% more than 2017 after a hot summer combined with the uncertainty of Brexit drove up the price of turkey, sprouts and Christmas pudding. If you're prepared to shop around for the cheapest options, the traditional meal will cost £3.11 per head up from two pound ninety four yeah. the year before, wow. so there you go. Uh, yeah. So they do an index based on the typical items in a Christmas. Yeah, meal. that's it. And it said seven of the ten good. supermarkets studied were more expensive a year ago. The total price of a basket of eleven goods to feed a family of eight works out at twenty four pounds and ninety pence. So it doesn't include crackers. I don't think it does. So what's your favourite bit of the meal? Probably. Um, Pigs in blankets. Everyone says pigs in blankets. Yeah, they do, they? don't they? Yeah. I do like a roast potato. Yeah, if it's done well. Yeah. You don't want one of those, you know, hard in the middle. No. Yeah. Uh, right, little uh, quiz question. Oh, yeah. Okay. We love a quiz. Yeah, so uh, out of the European countries that were surveyed by Deloitte, yeah. I'm going to say most of the European Union were in it. Okay. Which country spends the most at Christmas? UK. No. Hmm. Germany. No. <laughs> How many am I going to have to go through? Is it obscure? Ireland. Ireland, really? Yeah, apparently Ireland are the biggest spenders. The least? Uh, oh, someone that doesn't have... Uh, I don't know. Netherlands. Really? Yeah, so there you go. Well, I mean, to be honest, some of this, though, surely comes down... To, oh, do we, do we, when we say Christmas, are we including the whole of the Yuletide period? Well, the, or on gifts? 50% was gifts, and then the other yeah, shenanigans... Isn't the same tradition related. in other countries, is it? Well, I'm just saying. I, that, was yeah. the, that was the information from a Deloitte there survey. There are some strange traditions, or they seem strange to us in other countries. Mm. I must have told you this one about the crib, the crib in Catalonia. No, go for it. Okay, right. I don't know if it's Spain or just Catalonia, All but right. visiting Catalonia of the Christmas period... There is a tradition that in your cribs, so you'll obviously have like Jesus, Mary, sheep, wise wise men. They come in a bit later, don't they? The wise men, yeah, yeah. shepherds, and then they tend to have a guy having a dump in the corner. Oh uh, yes, and I kid yes. you not, this is a, sort of a tradition there. Yeah, it? it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah, I found out in Iceland yeah. uh, they have um, thirteen Santas. Wow. So there you go. So there were trolls originally. Trolls, right. And then the trolls started wearing red around 1946 or something like that. And so they kind of leave. You put your shoes out and you put little gifts in the shoes leading up to Christmas. And then after Christmas, over 13-day periods... Are they gifts for the trolls? No, no, for the kids. The troll, each individual troll puts in a little gift. So it's not like payment to the troll, no, it's like a kind of a advent calendar. Okay, gotcha. But using shoes that you put out. And if yep. you haven't been good, they put in potatoes. Yeah. Like and po- then... I like potatoes. 13 so. days after Christmas Day, that's it, all over, decorations down. Right. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. A bit yeah. of Icelandic knowledge. 
yeah. more of that later. Good knowledge, yeah. So uh, that is, uh, in, and so basically using those two things, you can kind of get a bit of a proxy about oh, what price, is happening to the cost of living. But yeah. I quite like the Christmas one because as you saw there, from a teacher's point of view, something every year you can put up and say, right, demand and supply, what is causing the prices? Yeah. And it's a real great little... So teaching economics through the medium of turkeys. Exactly. Right, okay. Let's get on to presents. Free market economists are all about efficiency. Yeah. So what's the most efficient way of gifting at Christmas? Just buying a tenner, yeah? Well, interestingly, just buying a tenner is probably the most efficient way. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a chap called Joel Waldfogel. Yes. An economist mm. uh, who has... He's actually turned what was an article into a book called yeah. Scrooged, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a lovely little mini book. Yeah, and he looks at... Uh, well, basically, the, the premise of it is that we, ultimately, as consumers, are best at knowing our own preferences. Yes. So, typically, he estimates that if you uh, receive a present from someone else, typically, you would value it at 30% less than they value it. Yeah. So they would think, oh, I've got Gavin this yeah. wonderful jumper. And you look at it, you, you give him the little, oh, yeah, thanks, auntie. Yeah. 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 And then secretly you're hating on it and you're going to sell it on eBay a week later. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Snowden has, uh, wrote a little article about this on the Adam Smith blog, um, although he's IEA. And he there was, a, again, a survey done about how roughly $8.5 billion spent on Yuletide gifts in Britain... Two point four billions worth, more than a quarter were unwanted. Wow! Mm. Yeah. And again, in Britain, I think he, that was an American yeah. thing, where it says the average recipient values their gifts at ten percent less than their market price. Yeah. So. I think it was thirty percent for people who don't know you that well. Oh uh, right. So okay. like your nearest and dearest, they've probably yeah. got a better chance of getting you something you like. Yeah. Whereas if it's someone at, like one step removed, it's gonna it is gonna be that. But but that, this is the thing. Up. Snowden uses it as an argument yeah. about why ultimately government should never intervene in yeah. markets because he says even if your close family and friends don't know what you your want, your preferences. How yeah. can the government yeah. ever yeah. know what you? Yeah. So it's kind of quite an interesting yeah. argument. Logic there, isn't there? Uh, Christian Nimitz, he's yeah. another dude from the IA. He yeah. actually comes across from a different angle yeah. and basically says. You know, you can have a bit of a go at it because of the pleasure, the utility yeah. from gifting. Yeah. And he says here about you can trade off, in his article, he talks about trading off the consumption utility for surprise utility. Ooh. The surprise element of a gift. Yeah. Do you know what? We, we were talking about this. I was talking about this with my wife. Yeah. And it brought up a story which I always bring up. I brought her a really nice blue cashmere scarf one year. Yeah. And I thought, Perfect gift, and she mm. you knows very polite. Oh, I love it, I love it. Never wore it. Yeah, and I always brought, I always bring that up with her. So yeah, <laughs> so I spent quite a bit of money on it. <laughs> but interestingly, she said, "Look, it was the wrong size." Yeah, you know. And at that point, it was big scarves, and you bought me quite a short scarf. So even though it was a nice material, it was a nice colour. Yeah, it wasn't what I wanted. Well, I don't want to get too much well. into wife yeah. stories, but I did the same thing at a German Christmas market in Cologne. I bought this lovely necklace for my wife, yeah. and I know she's never worn that either. Well, jewellery. In fact, she was a, going to kick out some jewellery, and my daughter had to step in and say, you do know Dad bought you that. <laughs> so she's kept it. But but yeah. again, but again, Christian Nimitz basically says sometimes you have what are known as latent preferences, yeah. where you buy a gift, and you... Yeah. You kind of know 
that eventually they'll love it. Yeah. So maybe that scarf and my necklace. Yeah, it might be like when she's in her sort of 50s and 60s. She wants a short scarf. finds it. Yeah. Short scarves are in. There we are. Well, there you go. Look. Has anyone bought you <clears> things you didn't like? Or you can't just say on air, can you? I'm always grateful just for people, you know, buying me something. Re, I mean, re-gifts. Yeah. Re-gifting is a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever done that with anything? Secret Santa is your classic one, Have isn't it? Have you ever it? done that with school. anything I've bought you? I don't mm. buy you stuff that often. No. Yeah. But, uh, you know. But, but Secret Santa at school is your thing where you kind of get yeah. it and go, oh, my word. Do you, do you know what is nice? It, you know, talking of Secret Santa. Yeah. At school, we both used to work out. I remember one year, someone had made a handcrafted gift. Yes. You know the game Guess Who? Yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? And it was an art teacher, and they'd done a Guess Who of the staff at the yeah. school. Really good. But what a really nice gift. gift. It was really well done because you're an art teacher. Yeah. Like, if you'd done it, actually, you kind of have done <laughs> sort of staff top drums, <laughs> haven't you? But <laughs> that's another story. Uh, so, anyone ever bought you stuff you don't want? Uh, well, all the time. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, all the time. But, you know, ultimately, I'll probably use it. I think over time, we're moving to a kind of a more consuming stuff rather yeah. than having stuff. You're in a bit of a double bind, though, aren't you? Because if you do give people cash, they don't yeah. like it, do they? It's, br- it's or, brutal. Even vouchers, maybe. You yeah. Know, you kind of think, oh, yeah. But I'm all about the cash these days. Is, so. You wouldn't give your wife cash, though, would you? Yeah, I do. Birthday. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> cash in a card. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Efficient. It's the most efficient way. Right. I've read Screwgenomics. Got you a gift. You oh, you shouldn't have. Yeah, I have. Hold up. I'm rummaging around in my sack. So I feel embarrassed now because <laughs> I haven't got you a gift. We're going to see whether the uh, surprise utility outweighs the consumption well, utility. Now, I like to think that I know Pete quite well. I think he's going to love this gift. Did you wrap this? Yeah, I've wrapped it. This lovely December morning. Well, it's in a nice silver wrapping paper. Slightly clumsy use of sellotape. Yeah. <laughs> Could have used a ribbon. I don't know. But it is small. Yeah, small. I know. That's the thing. Oh, Good sound cool. effect. Good sound effect. <laughs> Volcano salt. Well, you know, that is nice. Yeah, yeah. see, for me. Well, see, Gavin knows I, I, I like my sort of culinary enterprises. <laughs> so what's distinctive about volcano salt? Huh? What is distinctive about it? Has it got a particular taste? I or? think it's fiery. Oh, so spicy. Yeah. All oh, right, okay. So you can use that. Well, in, thanks very much. Your... <laughs> you know, but I am embarrassed that this is one aspect of gift giving we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah, the embarrassment. So some, yeah, the yeah. embarrassment factor of not buying one. Oh, don't worry, I've got another one for you. Buying... Another gift. <laughs> oh. We'll leave it till later. Right. We'll leave okay. it till later. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Christmas gift giving. Did yeah. the did your surprise utility outweigh the consumption, or do you just like that as a consumption? I like it utility? anyway, but also the surprise element is is something. Well, I've smashed yeah. it there. Okay. Um, talking of prezies, what economics books are we recommending this Christmas? Do you want to start? Yeah, I've got about three or four. So. Okay. Uh, so. One that I'm going to recommend, I haven't read all of these, by the way. I'm kind of hoping that yes. if we get this episode out early enough, yeah, this will signal to some of my nearest and dearest, assuming they listen to our podcast, which of course they do, yeah, uh, and then they can think, oh, there's one gift I know we'd like, right. and that would maximise my use. That would be a very efficient gift then. That, that is very good. I've actually, I actually sent out an email oh, do you? Yeah, yeah, to my mum and my wife and my brother. Right, okay, yeah. So then you're you're never surprised. There's never any surprise. There. No, because I give too much, 
saying, look, you can't give me all of this. All right, so you're surprised in terms of which ones of the list. Exactly. It's not massive surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, no, my mum will buy me something random anyway. Yeah, So as well as. Yeah, yeah. socks. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I'm going to recommend There Is No Planet B by Mike Berners-Lee. We recommended another of his books, I think, when we talked about yes. environmental special, How Bad Is a Banana? Yes. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and so I'm got, I'd quite like someone Good. to get me There Is No Planet B. And remember, you can still listen to our environmental special. You certainly can. Uh, another one I'm going to recommend, or well, I'd like someone to buy me. It's not recommended, is it? Yeah. Uh, the Nobel Factor is by Offer and Soderbergh. Now, this one is about how... We've talked about Nobel Prize winners quite a few times yes. in our podcasts. And this one is about how the turn towards neoliberalism we've seen in economics in the last sort of 30, 40 years, has been sort of promoted or legitimised through the awarding of Nobel Prize winners. Yeah, yeah. fair, fair, fair is, yeah. You know, to people like Friedman, Hayek and so on. Yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting. Uh, so I think that'll be an interesting and challenging read. So yeah. if someone were to buy me that, I'd, I'd quite like that. Good. Uh, I think I've mentioned this book before, but I think it fits really well with our podcast in that it's an attempt to look at a, a number of great economists and how they would explain... Uh, economic phenomena today, and that's the Great Economist by Linda Yue. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've I'm, mentioned I'm that halfway before. through that. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And the other one, as a relative, I've you know I've become a father again. Yeah. In the last year, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Crib Sheet by Emily Oster. Right. Yeah. So this is he's by an economist who's right. had a couple of kids, and she just yeah, looks. Okay. You know, like you get like advice from as a new parent all, yeah. all of the time, like. Uh, you should have a dummy, you shouldn't have a dummy. Yes. Uh, or it'll be like, you should give them a nighttime feed, a dream feed at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Why would you feed your baby when they're sleeping? Yeah. So you Good get point. diametrically yeah, yeah, opposed yeah. advice. Yeah. yeah. And there's also loads of things to feel guilty about as a new parent, sort of like, oh, uh, my child should be doing this. Like, I should be listening to Beethoven every day. If yeah. I don't, they'll be mentally stunted by yeah. the time they're eight or something. And most of it, she just looks at the data as a sort of trained economist and says, right. ultimately... Most of it is nonsense. Right. Even things controversially like breastfeeding. She said she breastfed both her children and just said, yeah, it was great and I enjoyed it. It allowed me to create a bond with their child. But after a certain point, it doesn't have that many benefits. Yeah, it's not okay, really yeah, a strong link with IQ. I mean, there are a few things she says there, are, there is some truth in, like um, get your kids vaccinated. Yeah. If you don't, you're mad. Feeding them? Feeding them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, feeding them is good. Well, ultimately, she looks at the data right, around okay. the myths. So well, Baby Einstein's. Time. Do you remember Baby Einstein's? No. Oh, uh, they're little DVDs used to put on yeah. Baby Einstein's. That's just to watch them. Yeah, no, I think it was yeah. pseudoscience, but boy, did it give me like 10 minutes off every now and again. <laughs> when I, my kids were good. <laughs> you know, they used to just stare at that screen. Yeah. I used to love it. Baby Einstein. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure one. parents of a certain age will remember yeah, Baby Crib. Einstein really well. But what, what was the book again? It's called Crib Sheet by Emily Oster. Okay, that looks quite good. Yeah. So that there's my. Are they yours? Yeah, mine. Yeah. Well, know? I'm going to recommend. We we talked about this in the summer reading special, but Billionaires Now by Daryl Cunningham is out. Great. So uh, I, I've asked for that for Christmas. Um, I've also asked for Open Borders: The Science and Ethics of Immigration by Brian Kaplan. Uh, that was recommended actually by Tim Hartford, and it's supposed to be an excellent book. Um, we should say Screw Genomics. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. because it is actually a, a really interesting read. Um, a good, re- good talking point over Christmas dinner as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, he probably makes a rod for his own back, but doesn't he, by arguing that gifting, because yeah. who's going to gift his book? 
Mm. Mm. Anyway, you should give that to some sort of uncle who's quite hard to engage in conversation. Yeah, it'll yeah, get you know, know you're helping them out. Then it'll give them like a, a conversation opening. Yeah, maybe. No, I don't think they'll read it. Uh, <laughs> you could just plan with alcoholic yeah, beverages. Exactly, that's yeah. much better. Yeah, Yanis uh, Varoufakis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have read this one. Uh, Talking to my daughter, which is a really, really good book about you know capitalism just generally uh, mm-hmm. you know um and then i'm going to recommend uh, some kids books because i know there'll be many parents out there who have got children and they might think what can i get my children to engage them in stuff right and uh there's a, a friend of mine called adam frost and he he's actually won a a blue peter badge for his books and he's got books like the awesome book of awesomeness right and the epic book of epicness and stuff like that and and they're really good fun books I mean, I know they're obviously not of my, but I've looked at him. He's a funny guy. So, therefore, his books are obviously of a humorous nature. Are you going to promote your own ebook? Ah. Should I do it? Funny enough, he's. <laughs> <laughs> Should I do it? Well, Gavin actually has a book, The Strange School, yeah. which is an ebook. It does make it harder to gift it to people. No, I know. But, you know, you, you can just maybe stick it on someone's. Kimberly type thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's, a, it's about a 12 year old girl. Who is is at a strange school, and she thinks that there's, you know, strange things happening. Yeah, it's a right riveting read. Yeah. <laughs> so there we are. Okay, you owe me a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Our fourth question. Uh, we've already discussed one key macroeconomic objective, but yes. let's talk about another. What's seasonal unemployment, and what's the impact of Christmas <clears throat> on jobs? Okay, so seasonal unemployment. Is it sort of one of the different types of unemployment? Yeah. You Do you want to run through them? To, yeah, I could talk well, all of them. Yeah, just quickly say what they are. Okay, you've got like sort of structural unemployment when a whole industry goes into decline. Yep. So, for example, mining when the mines closed in South Wales, that would lead to structural unemployment. That would lead to regional unemployment as well. Right. Uh, you might get a negative multiplier effect. So, all the people who used to work in the mines won't have any money to spend in local shops. Yeah. So the shops might close, and those people might lose their jobs as well. Uh, technological unemployment so for example in the UK print workers used to be a very labour intensive industry yep. and then when you had the growth of uh, whopping and places like that uh, it was all sort of computerised yep. uh, so tech, we actually had quite an interesting discussion about that class like what jobs in the next 20-30 years yeah. will be sort of automated and therefore um, you know people were speculating about taxi drivers lorry drivers yeah. order pickers in warehouses and so on uh, so that's technological unemployment. Uh, frictional. We, frictional, yeah, that's kind of people between jobs. You're always going to get a little bit of that. So, like, when people leave a job... Before that's a kind of a good one. unemployment, isn't it? Yeah, in a sense, you, this is the unemployment which will always exist. So when you go back to the 1960s, when unemployment, we had kind of full employment, you still had a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of people left, left a job, they are going to take another one, but they're currently yeah. between in jobs. Between. Uh, you've got demand deficient. So yeah, cyclical. Of, yeah, Keynesian would say like yeah. you get a, a situation in the economic cycle when there's a, a lack of demand in the economy uh, and that needs to be remedied by government spending or reduction of, reduction of taxation. Some people talk about voluntary unemployment. Yeah, that's the kind of classical view, which is yeah. whereby uh, people price themselves out of the market or the structures that exist in an economy price people out of the market, yeah. like trade union power, benefits and so on. Yeah. And then seasonal unemployment. And seasonal, yeah. So seasonal yeah. is basically a reflection that uh, certainly in some countries more than others, there are times of the year when employment is high 
and times of the year when it is relatively low. So if you look at unemployment, I was actually looking at this, we're looking at the Greek economy. Right. Some of my students did a presentation on that last week. Yeah. And you could see in the summer months, unemployment falls, then it rises again, and that's almost certainly because uh, of tourism. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people will be taken on during the sort of tourist months in Greece and then laid off uh, again yeah. uh, when there is less tourism. Uh, and similarly in this country, lots of co- uh, companies will take on workers... Yeah. In the lead up to Christmas, in a recognition that footfall will be yeah. considerably great. Big increase. In the months leading up to Christmas. I had quite a few yeah. Christmas jobs. Did you have any? No. Oh. I had one at Argos. No. Yeah, Argos, obviously, big, big, yeah, big yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of sales in the lead up to Christmas. Uh, kind of, yeah, a bit weird now, Argos. There's lots of lurking at the back of Sainsbury's, isn't there? But they used to yeah. be kind of. What, what did you do? <laughs> I had a variety of roles. Yeah. Right. We used to have to wear yellow shirts with brown clip-on ties. Nice. Yeah, so it's a nice outfit. <laughs> uh, but basically, when we're in the warehouse, and we were, we're all about 16, 17, yeah. quite childish, we used to whip off the brown ties and then whip each other. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I knew it would go okay. down this route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, so we did it. Sense a lot of skiving going on. Yeah. Eventually, like the tills was the prime job. Yes. You didn't do that until you were trusted. Yeah, I've never so worked it took a till. Me a while to get on the till. I did eventually. Yeah. Uh, and I did just the like counter stuff. Like, oh, here's my order. I'm going to get it. Yeah, yeah, no, well, nice. Yeah. But uh, and and so Christmas is pretty good for employment. Yeah. So I mean, it, the, a lot of people will be taken on in the lead up to Christmas. I suppose the downside of that is they might be laid off again in the January months. Right. Uh, okay. And you basically saying that's, that, that, that's unemployment figures are normally adjusted. Yeah, they? they are. Yeah. So if you look at unemployment throughout the year, you won't say, "Oh God, unemployment in the UK has gone down dramatically." Yeah. They will adjust the figures to reflect the fact there are sort of seasonal. Uh, ups and downs of the figures. Brilliant. So we've yeah. done two macroeconomic objectives there. Yeah. Bosh, bosh. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to... Uh, can I read a poem? You can read a poem. That's not a question, by the way. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I like Just in case people are counting. Do you think oh, anyone no. ever counts? No. No. Okay. This is called Santa, the King of Banter. Sounds excruciating, but carry on. <laughs> I wrote this in the era of, obviously... Uh, me too. Right, okay. Okay, ready? I'm ready. The thing about Santa is he's old school, and the complaints so far have been minuscule. Yet in Lapland the scandal is brewing, and many elves are thinking of suing. They've had enough of his hugging place, and he's often rude about the elfish race. He'll often grab them around the hips and kiss them fully on the lips. H.O. said, that's what he's like, and if you moan you'll be on your bike. And more stories are coming to fruition. And it's a shameful part of Christmas tradition. The workshop is like a bully zone as they busily build your mobile phone and all the toys for Christmas Day so all the kids can play and play. To the big man, it's all just banter. Hey, that's just me, I'm being Santa. <laughs> but times have changed. That is true. Hence the hashtag, Elves2. Right, okay. That's very to- topical. <laughs> it's a bit negative though, isn't it? I hope no kids are listening to this. Yeah, I yeah, know. It was, it was a kind of... Satirical. You know, it was a satirical poem yeah. based around... Um, oh, who is... Oh, there's a manager. It was linked to Phil Green. Right, gotcha. And, and those kind of people. Yeah. And they were like, hey, that's what he's like. Pervy bosses. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Who's the, the hug in place was... Oh, there's a particular uh, boss... Oh, yeah. ...of I a company. And he used to have it. a hugging yeah. place. And no, so... Right, yeah. 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 
Anyway, there you go. That's Santa, the king of Banta. You know what you were saying about um, <laughs> in Iceland, the 13 Santas? Yeah. Uh, there was a... That would be helpful, because you know when you've got a kid... Yeah. And, you, and they're, they're the age, the Santa, believe in it. Of course, we all believe in Santa. Yeah, yeah. obviously. But you, you're wandering around and you see Santa outside Tesco's with a collection book. Yes. And you always have to use the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's not Santa. That, that's one of his helpers. Yeah. That would be easy because oh, it's just one of the 13. Yeah. There's loads of them. Yeah, he's the drunk yeah. one. <laughs> Is it Joe? I remember one year we did see someone outside Sainsbury's. And my daughter went, she was like, nudging me and saying, Dad, Dad, that's not the real Santa. I was like, how do you know? And she's like, look at his shoes. Yeah. And he had trainers on. Oh, boy. And then, like, he'd pulled these kind of, like, black plastic bits over it. It wasn't very convincing. Yeah, that's an error. Yeah. It's an error for the wardrobe department. Right, so we're going to move on after a little poem. Uh, We've done an environment special, which obviously we love doing. And I love a Christmas tree. But what's the best for the environment? The plastic one or a real one? Or is there an alternative? Well, do you know what? This links, I think, to that Mike Berners-Lee book where you're just looking at... Let's not look at sort of our prejudices about what we think. Because you tend to think, wouldn't you, real Christmas trees are bad. Yeah. Uh, But actually, um, not necessarily. So do you want to... Or do I? (laughs) Well, you've actually got a lot of plastic in fake ones. Yeah. And then you've got the embodied carbon sort of emissions yeah involved in the production of them yes yeah the and plastic coating is just drip, yeah. with your real ones shipped from China I mean yeah there could be the shipping associated with where they come from and often they are made in sort of far flung places yeah. um, but actually yeah, so yeah so there are some estimates that uh, an artificial tree has got a higher carbon footprint mm. I wonder if it depends on how many times you use it though yes now I and read somewhere how you dispose of it yeah because if because a lot of the real trees are burnt yes. afterwards, and apparently that is awful for the environment. Yeah. So basically, you're you're trying to get some sort of e kind of in one that if you can replant it. I yeah. Mean, see, that's magical. So quite a lot of people do that. Uh, and yeah. the other thing you can do is is locally produce. Like yes. There's places around here actually where you can go and sort of pick your tree, and it'll be chopped in front of you. Yeah, yeah. It's not that much more expensive. Um. But it's still the disposal of it. And you see, don't you, some awful things that are after Christmas where people just dump them on the street, don't they? And yeah. Terrible stuff. Yeah. Um, I you, read somewhere that... No, because I have a plastic one. Oh, do you? You see. Yeah. But I read... We have a real one. ...that if I... I think it's 30 years I've got to have it for. Yeah. Before it becomes... I've, it's the tipping point. Right. Where I then believe that I've become... Yeah. Like, my wife hates it. And she wants <laughs> a real Christmas tree yeah, the yeah. smells of it all and stuff like that but yeah. the reason we bought that is because originally when we had we bought it when the kids were really young and we were yeah. worried about pine needles uh-huh. and what's the concern with pine needles they eat them at all a mess uh-huh. just kids falling into trees and right. stuff and like yeah. and all the needles falling off and yeah. and all that kind of stuff like that so we'll just buy a nice big fake one yeah. but we've got to use it forever yeah so yeah. Kate always says I want a real tree, and I say no. Yeah. We've got to keep on using it. It's interesting you should say that because nappies. Yes. It's unrelated, but if you you know everyone says oh, artificial nappies versus yeah real nappies made out of cloth, but you have to have like more than one kid and yeah. use them a lot to justify yeah yeah because so, there's extra heating costs yeah. associated with washing them and so on yeah so yeah uh, but so apparently there are some facts and figures here a six foot five 
uh, tall real tree could result in a carbon footprint of 16 kilograms of CO2. Uh, a six foot five artificial tree, uh, a carbon footprint equivalent equivalent to forty kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I suspect it does depend on how yeah how long you use it. it for. But you're right. There are these sort of replanting options as well, where you can get one that you sort of have in a pot, and you can put it out in the garden and use it again. Yeah. My dad, by the way, <laughs> had something. He refused to buy a Christmas tree. He's quite elderly now. Yeah. And he so he had one. It was basically last year's. <laughs> Just brought it back. <laughs> Did he? It looked a bit brown. <laughs> we called it the skeletry. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Is there is an alternative? You don't really have to have a tree, do you? You don't have to have a tree. To be honest, it's not even a particularly you know. old phenomenon, I don't yeah. think. I think it dates back to so. sort of Victorian times. Here's a little interesting fact, though. The residents of Penzance in Cornwall... Right. Or, but, but, well, actually, before we go on to that, Penzance was the first UK's first plastic-free town. Wow. Right. But. Is it completely plastic free? Well. That sounds. I don't know. They, they've got the label plastic free town. Right. Okay. But apparently this year um, they've put up 150 Christmas trees. Right. And every single one is made of plastic. Wow. Because the they are arguing that they are more environmentally friendly. Mm. So what a crazy world we're living in. We do. Yeah. But pot grown trees, that's apparently a grown phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. You just need a little one, don't you? A little dinky one. Just keep on trimming it back. What? So have one in the garden, <laughs> grow it, and then just keep bringing it back and forth. Yeah, but like tiny. Tiny. Yeah, so it doesn't become too burdensome. Well, it could get heavy, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 So uh, have we done that, I think? Yeah, I think think the evidence is in the balance, but I suspect it's not as bad as you think to have a real one. And if you are going to have a fake one, just use it forever. Yeah. Uh, If you are going to buy a real one as well, check in terms of apparently there's some lot of pretty bad labour practices in in the world of Christmas trees. So you've got to check that as well. Make sure you've got a good fair trade Christmas tree. Yeah, there is some labelling to look out of. Uh, look out for sorry uh, right. the friends of the earth advise to look out for one that is locally produced or grown in the UK with a FSC certification right okay for our international listeners there's probably something. you might not even grow trees you might not even celebrate Christmas yeah. I- exactly yeah. right okay uh, let's get back to some prezies what gifts other than books can we give this Xmas that relate to economics can I just object to the use of the word Xmas? I don't like did it. I say Xmas? You did, yeah. Well, I do apologise. Yeah, Christmas. Christmas. What's yeah, it? I, it's Xmas. I agree with that completely. Yeah. I don't know why I said it. I don't even like it written down, but saying it is gross. Yeah. Yeah. I'm f- I'm fuming with myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I've only got a couple of suggestions right. here, and I think it's partly because I'm a bit skinned this year. Right. Okay. Uh, so ultimately, economics is about scarce resources unlimited wants and yeah. trying to square that circle as it were right so and one of my bugbears yeah. is mineral water right people buying mineral water bottles okay so one way in which I think you can sort of help people out in the course of the coming year is by buying a really nice water bottle <laughs> that they can refill okay alright yeah. it will yeah. it will help prevent the use of single use plastic good it's a nice thing to have. You get a nice one. Yes. My daughter bought me one. It's really nice. Really nice sort of uh, a duck egg blue colour with a metal top. I use it all the time. Beautiful. 
And uh, obviously that means I'm not going to buy mineral water because you use nice tap water. Tap water in the UK is great. Yep. Really nice. Yeah. Even better in Iceland. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Did you drink from a fjord or something? <laughs> is that a fjord? Glacier. <laughs> my son drank from a glacier. Why didn't you? I didn't want to, didn't want to get down my knees. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, another thing I've seen, and it, it's a bit schmaltzy, yeah. but rather than sort of buying stuff for people yeah you could give them a little voucher book and say right yes here's a voucher i'll give you a, yeah a massage yeah i'll cook you a nice meal rub your feet rub your feet that's a bridge too far <laughs> <laughs> well there we are you could do that though yeah you? you could say look i love you and you know here's yeah, a series of things i've been prepared that. to do for you yeah you just rip these one up at a timely moment maybe not in the middle of a row you know but <laughs> <laughs> well it could be one in there saying yeah. stop round right now yeah yeah. Okay. Well, I like that. Um, so I haven't got any. Pre- I did look up like gadget. I just, I well, I did. I, I what, don't want to encourage that kind yeah. of useless purchasing. Well, what I was thinking of for this question was <coughs> stuff me. like basically Adam Smith ties. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. So obviously, the Adam Smith Institute will sell an Adam Smith tie. Uh, Bookmarks, a socialist bookshop, will sell yeah. Karl Marx busts, Karl Marx mugs. Yeah, they don't sell that yet. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Karl's, Karl Marx coasters. I've got a Karl Marx mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a very nice mug. Book, yeah. So, I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. Now, we love a game, don't we? Yes. Now, I bought the game with me today. We're not going to play it, but I thought I'd show you it. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, you can't show it on air, but you can show it me. No, that's what I'm going to show it to you. And yeah. people can hear and, my reaction yeah, to it. Exactly, and I'm going to rattle it. Oh, exciting. Now, uh, this game... This game is called High Society. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a game... I mean, apparently in the gaming world, this guy's big. It's called Rainer Kinesia. Right. I probably said that wrong. Almost certainly. Okay. <laughs> and um, he was a mathematician. Right. And basically, all his games kind of evolve... No, revolve, or a particular set of games. Yeah. Go, uh, revolve around kind of game theory. Oh, right, okay. So this, I've played this with my kids... Did they like it? And it's, but I, for the reason I bought it is it's Veblen related as well. Right. So the whole point of the game is that you've got a certain amount of money. Yeah. And you've got to bid on basically things that get you into high society, like right. art, uh, champagne, and stuff right, like yeah. that. Yeah. And then there's times when you have to then bid not to get something. So one of the cards is like a faux pas, right. which then takes scores off you. Yeah. But the game, the game theory bit of it. Yeah. Is you've got to be be the person who has don't, no you don't want to be the person who has the least money at right. the end of the game yeah because you're not in the final round you yeah. get booted out of the game yeah gotcha okay and then the people left their cards add up to something right and whoever's got the highest point score then wins the game mm-hmm. so the thing is you can't obviously just spend all your money yeah because you have to keep hold of the things in order to so you have to have wealth you've got to be in the final round right. you know so uh yeah i mean that i think is a it, it is genuinely a really good game oh should we play that in new year maybe? We, we could do we, yeah. we could play that in new year there's um, other board games isn't it? you've mentioned before isn't it flourish what's that that's yeah true. flourish well that's more to do with kind of a community money but i would say pit Pit is your classic trading game, isn't it? Bear and Ball. If you've never played Pit, right. I mean, it's a brilliant game of trading. Shout a lot at people. Yeah, yeah. 
and then you know, you know, and like smash yeah. down your bear and your ball, whatever it might be. Yeah. Really good game. There's loads of great games out there. Monopoly, obviously, the classics that relate yeah. to economics. Game of Life relates to economics. Yeah. But for me, this is the new one. He's got one that I'm hoping to get for Christmas, which is related to the. It's another auction game. He's got three classic auction right. games, and one related to modern art. Wow. Yeah. So there we are. Yeah. There you go. So lots of ideas there yeah, for gifts. Great ideas. Okay, check them out. Okay, um, I know Christmas is a time of joy, but let's get a warning out there to our economics friends. What are some of the major negative externalities of Christmas? So just remind us again. Okay, what negative so externalities, externalities. I think it's developed by Pigou, wasn't it? Right. Uh, yeah. Was it developed by yeah, Pigou? Pigovian taxes. Pigovian yeah. taxes. Uh, Arthur. They were to address externalities. So an yeah. externality relates to the idea that. In any transaction, you've got a first party and a second party, the buyer and the seller. Mm. But then let's imagine in the course of that transaction, either through the production of whatever good it is or the consumption of whatever good it is, a third party is affected by it. So the classic example might be I buy some cigarettes from you, I then smoke, but then my neighbour, you know, through passive smoking, ends up with some sort of horrible ailment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what uh, an externality is. And obviously, in relation to Christmas, there's quite a few examples. Yeah, sadly, loads isn't of it. There? Yeah. yeah, I, mean, I was reading this article actually about uh, we have a big problem in this country generally, not just at Christmas, but acutely at Christmas with binge drinking. Yep. Uh, and we've all been there. Well, yep. I certainly have, as you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think you certainly have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and in, this, in this country, well, I think it's been. Brought over from America, isn't yeah. it? They now have drunk tanks, don't well, they? Well, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, actually. Yeah. So now they have sort of uh, little specialised units to deal with people who've been out and imbibed too much. So they don't have to go to A&E, but they can sleep it off. They can have some kind of, uh, you know, assessment as to whether they need to go to A&E or not. Um, but it's, it's the, the, the impact on the NHS of... Uh, over drinking is enormous. Yeah. I mean, it is any time of year, but at Christmas, yeah. it is absolutely horrendous. There's some figure here: twelve to fifteen percent of people attending emergency departments are there from acute alcohol intoxication. Yeah. And then on Friday and Saturday nights, seventy percent of attendances are alcohol related. Yeah. My my um, brother-in-law and his wife they work in Bristol yeah. as kind of paramedics overseeing that kind of stuff and they said that there's been a bit of a subtle shift away from New Year's Eve because right. of the expense of it all yeah, and it yeah. kind of happens I think like the day before right? Yeah, that yeah. everyone's kind of going out yeah, and getting yeah. tanked up because people don't want to pay entry to go into pubs or whatever yeah, yeah. so it has it has shifted So, but he always has these kind of I mean they sound kind of amusing stories but like yeah, probably not that amusing when you're there no exactly like carrying people off like who has had a heart attack because of overeating at Christmas and like the yeah. socks are going off and you know like playing jingle bells and things like that and so you know it's all pretty I mean yeah. grisly but that that's another thing I mean you've said about drink but apparently heart attacks on Christmas day right yeah excessive eating it's a massive yeah. cause of that um Divorce, obviously, 
after well, the Christmas period. Yeah, I read some sort of stats about that. It wasn't as marked as I thought it was. Really? Because yeah. I thought it was like the divorce day is like on the 4th of Jan or something, or the yeah. first Monday after January. Only only 3% of divorce applications yeah. online are on the 25th of December. Yeah. But I think often what happens is... But that was sad. That was the first time, I think, last year where you can apply for it online, couldn't you, right, divorce? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> people do it on <laughs> Christmas Day. I mean, that is pretty... Yeah. I imagine the Christmas period does force you to spend a lot of time with yeah. with your nearest and dearest plus with a bit of alcohol chucked in the yeah, mix and debt yeah if you, so you there's know. quite a lot of pressures that might that might result from that um, yeah and so people do get indebted at Christmas and there is something slightly depressing about that yeah. to sort of incur all this debt in theory so that everyone has a great time yeah. just say, oh, please um, don't borrow too much for Christmas listeners yeah I think it's, that's it's important pointless, isn't it? also I think another thing that uh, we should mention wrapping paper sometimes you make sure you get recycled wrapping paper because yep. that's a massive negative externality yep. also be aware of this now this sort of makes us laugh a little bit but not really but as teachers you get a kind of a list of um, you know what people are allergic to yeah, yeah. and so the classic ones are there nuts etc yeah. etc et yeah. but some people are allergic to tinsel are they? yeah we've got like Few, yeah, allergic to tinsel. I love tinsel. And you just think that when they found that out, that must have been the worst Christmas ever. Yeah. You know? But anyway, so you've got to be, be careful of, of tinsel. But you say that. I, I really like tinsel. And when I moved in with my wife, we yeah. both brought like Christmas decorations with us, some of them. Yeah. And I said, I really like tinsel. I said, oh, that's nice. And then yeah. I found one year, her and my daughter had conspired yeah. to hide some of the tinsel yeah we're not allowed tinsel in our house are we oh, yeah, yeah. mm. Christmas Nazis <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah the tinsel police are in yeah, town but are. maybe because they know of um, the negative externalities yes. of it yes yeah I mean it's not the most eco-friendly product in no, the world is not. it are we are we good there? We're good. I think so. Beware of negative externalities of Christmas, but it's a bit down and depressing. So let's have some joy. The economics of the Christmas song. So Love Actually, which is your classic Christmas film, yeah. features a man who made his money through one song, I think. Yeah. It's a Bill Nye. Yeah. Uh, so is it really profitable to make a Christmas song? And what are the best Christmas tracks from the economics point of view i've got no idea well i'm hoping you're gonna okay yeah i am gonna come in here and and help out a little bit now it says there there was a a great article on the bbc site and um the most successful christmas song right well do you want based on spotify downloads okay what do you think no, it's probably something dreadful by Ed Sheeran. No, no, it's like, no, no, Christmas song, Christmas oh, track. Christmas song. Uh, it's your classic. Uh, Mariah Carey, Mariah oh, Carey. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, I want yeah, for Christmas is you, okay? No, it's still right, though, it's not Yeah, no, it's good, it's good. It was written in 15 minutes. Right. Yeah, she just churned it out in she 1994. Yep, yeah, she wrote it. Wow. She, right. 210 million plays it got last year, yeah. right? And uh, on Spotify, it has earned over 60 million in royalties wow. since its release. Yeah. She does not have to work again. Just because okay. of that song? Yeah. And, uh, but that wasn't included in the, B- the BBC article. The BBC article basically said about, they went through the classics of Last Christmas, yeah. s- the Slade one, we kind of quoted at the beginning. Um, <coughs> what's the cavalry one? Da, 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 oh, I hate that one. The wizard one. Yeah. But that that Do you that know what my least favorite is 
is Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Time. Oh, yeah. I hate yeah, that. It's the most smug yeah. song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, I'm getting a bit excited. Yeah, yeah, do you? are good coming out. Yeah, but you do get overexposed yeah. to them, do you? Christmas music starts so early, and by, by sort of, you know, January, you're a bit... No, and in fact, one study showed that um, if shops start piping it in too soon, yeah. consumers don't want to go there. Right. It actually encourages less spending, right. so they have to got get the balance it. right. Yeah. yeah, so people have got that joy. So October, not August. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to encourage them, if business people out there, you know, yeah. get or or just maybe go for some more interesting Christmas albums. Yeah, you know, I've got a Bootsy Collins one. who's right. my favourite bass player. And he's <laughs> quite a funky, you know. Right. Um, but no, what's it got? I've got. So is it true? Yeah, it's basically all the top songs. They vary from something like £140,000 a year, which was that right. Cavalry song. They reckon for Slade, it's up to nearly a million pounds. Right. Uh, last Christmas was about £400,000 a year. Yeah. So it, for all of them, they, they kind of ask on it, is it like your pension? They go, it's better than a pension. Yeah. So it just keeps on ticking, ticking along. So what we need to do is write an Economics in 10 Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. And hopefully make lots of money from it. Yeah. Um, there is... Um, talking of that, okay, uh, there is quite a funny, I say funny, uh, it's by Econ Stories, Deck the Halls with Macro Follies. Right. It's a little kind of um, pretend album okay. featuring songs by Keynes and right. Malthus. Okay. Okay, just little clips of it, and to be honest, it is, it is genuinely quite good. Go on, then. give me some examples. No, I can't. Oh. No, but I was just saying, if you, <laughs> I'll post it on Twitter. Okay, it, so and where it, would people find this? Huh? It's on YouTube. Oh, right. Yeah, Deck oh, the Halls right. with Macro Follies by Econ Stories, and it's kind of like, why don't you enjoy this classic from John Maynard Keynes, oh, okay. you know, and, and from Malthus and people like that. So yeah. it's quite funny. Um, this sounds like our economics jokes. Yeah. Round, like jokes which aren't that funny. No. No, but it, I think it's quite good. good what, what's your, what's your favourite um, album of all time? Uh, Christmas Al- album? Christmas album. Oh, a Christmas song. Christmas song. It'd have to be... I don't know. I mean, I do get... I do get a bit tired of them. Do you? Oh, I'm still last with Christmas, man. I'll probably go like a carol or something. Really? Yeah. Mm. true. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, can I... I mean, I love a... I buy a Christmas album each year. A Christmas album? Yeah, each year. Yeah. So, to be honest, this year I'll probably buy Rob Williams. He's got a new one out. Uh, not to say new one. It's his only Christmas album. Um, but I'll add that to my collection. But the worst one I've got is the Chaz and Dave Christmas album. Now, I don't want to be a horrible because obviously one of them died this year, but like, it is amazing. Now, I put this on Facebook once and said, yeah. Chaz and Dave, worst Christmas album ever. And then, no, then my mate Alan Denny, he replied saying, Have you heard the Bob Dylan one? And there's a Bob Dylan, it's called Christmas in the Heart. Right. And it was his like 36th album. He thought I'd go in for this cash cow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I listened to his Little Drummer Boy this morning. Yeah. His, I, I mean, the Little Drummer You know the Bing Crosby? And oh, I love that. David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, that's a really good one. Just burbling away in the back. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, idea. You've got that idea. Yeah, that's that's quite, quite. Well, another one I watched this morning was Johnny, Johnny Cash and Neil Young. Doing Little Drummer Boy. Oh, did they? Yeah, very odd. I could see Johnny Cash doing it. Yeah. He could, was he doing the, so, the little... Bird I don't know. Yeah. I, but, no, but, but Bob Dylan's song, uh, check it out again. I'll stick it on YouTube. It's called Must Be Santa. 
It's this kind of revelry, kind of must be Santa, must be Santa. You think this is Bob Dylan. <laughs> so uh, yeah, quite. He just wanted a piece quite, of the album. Yeah, exactly. That's what you kind of just think. So anyway, yeah, yeah some really good Christmas albums out there. Cla- obviously, the classic is Bublé. Right. There's no point getting. Oh, we've if got you, to mention him on a Christmas so. edition of Economics if and Ten. If you say so. Bublé's Bublé's the man. Right, moving on. Okay, uh, right. Uh, I'm feeling hungry. Is there anything that a famous economist uh, used to enjoy eating or drinking at Christmas that we get stuck into? Now, at this point, so I, we're supposed to be drinking some Aquavit at this moment, we are, yeah. but I, I've left it home. Yeah. We, we we talked about Veblen and um, Norwegian Aquavit, and um, I did get some purchase for me, a nice Christmas edition of it. But alas, I've not got it in the recording. Well, you need to bring that. Yeah, we're going to have that at New Year's as well. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so, to be honest, I'm not going to talk about anything related to a famous economist. I can't really find anything. I was trying to oh, okay. Keynes have at Christmas. So yeah. What did Karl Marx like to it? But I couldn't really find anything. So right. what I thought instead I'd look into is oranges. <laughs> right. Because you often... Did you have as a kid, like, in your stocking, you would get an orange or a clementine or a tangerine or something? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still do it. The uh, kids. Yeah. Tangerine so, and so a piece of coal. Are. So oh, I, I was looking into that. I think, what is the tradition of that? Right. There is going to be a segue to economics. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Uh, so apparently it comes from, and I don't know if this is true or not, but St. Nicholas, a.k.a. Santa, Yeah. he's walking around some village and he overhears some villagers talking about an old man who's got three girls and he wants to get them married off. Right. Obviously, very preemie too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they've got no dowry. No, right. no, and she's like, "Oh, what can I do?" So late at night, Saint Saint Nicholas goes up to the window of this house. He gets out three gold bags, and he chucks them through the window, and miraculously they land in stockings, which were hung up from uh, the fireplace. All right. So they wake up in the morning. All jumping up and down. Yes, we can get married. Sort of doing a little yeah. sort of dance and so on. So the orange, eventually, sort of those gold bags morph into oh, orange balls. And right, then okay. oranges. Nowadays, it'd be chocolate that. orange, wouldn't it? Yeah, so basically, I've got you an orange. Oh, thanks. I'm not going to give it to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Why have I got you an orange? Uh, it, but it, it, the reason I was thinking about economics, because I thought it linked to, you know, we're talking about... How bad is a banana? Yeah. Because you might think, all oh, right, oranges, that's not great for the environment, is it? They come from miles no. away. Uh, and it turns out they're not that bad. Yeah. It's like when we looked at bananas, because they're shipped in rather yeah. than flown. And in a sense, it, most of them, by the way, 24% of world oranges are grown in which country? Spain. No. America. No. Morocco. No. Just to tell you. Yeah. Brazil. Yeah. Okay. Right, brought brought there by the Portuguese, but it's 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 a global fruit. You can yeah. see global trade routes over the yeah, yeah, yeah. over the millennia because it, it's apparently so it's native to China. Yeah, right. The Romans yeah, brought yeah. it to Europe, right? But then from Europe it goes out to the Americas, uh, and so on. Right. Uh, apparently, uh, so yeah, it's like a, a global fruit, but it's not that bad for the environment. The carbon footprint's fairly low because it's shipped, yeah, and it comes in minimal packaging. Yeah. So when you're peeling open your orange, thank you thinking sort of, um, you know, why has Pete bought me this? Or when your kids are moaning, like, yeah. why haven't you just given me an orange? Like, 
Sorry, why don't you just give me chocolate? You can say, well, there's a good story behind this. Yeah, yeah. listen to our podcast um, to find out. Also, you're talking about Christmas films. <laughs> there's a great, uh, the good Christmas, I think it's a Christmas film, Trading Places. Yes. That's all, do you know when they sort of uh, betting on markets and so on? It's a yep. global, it's the orange futures market. Uh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. So a little link there. Well, very good. I very heartily us. recommend. Any other films you'd like to recommend for Christmas? I do like Elf. My daughter introduced me to that. Right. So yeah, it's quite a sweet film. Yeah, Elf with Buddy. Buddy the Elf. Yeah. yeah nice I mean, film. my favourite, and I know it's a lot of people's favourite out there, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I can't stand that film. You can't stand it? Oh. Yeah, with a passion. The point about that film, and I have this argument with everyone, yeah. right, is the fact it takes him to be at the brink of death yeah. For them to realise how good he is, yeah. and I just think the community should yeah. have been aware of it in the first place, yeah. oh. and that's what makes me. Although having said that, I watched it all the way through thinking yeah. this is rubbish, this is rubbish. The last five minutes, I was crying like anything. <laughs> like, so just contradicted. I know. I, I found it incredibly so. moving, yeah. but I, I just thought the sentiment of it, which I know is supposed to be yeah. one of like, oh, isn't it lovely that the angel was put on his wings, good- and you're like. Come it's on. a good message to think about, though, in that uh, you know, you're talking about mental health awareness. Yeah. Uh, and that's something quite close to my heart, yeah. you know, particularly amongst men. Uh, I guess Christmas time is quite a hard time yes. for people who aren't with their families or maybe yeah. have been subject to family breakdown and so yeah. on. So hmm. yeah, it can be quite a lonely time if you're not with family. No, yeah. no, that's a good point. And I know people who've done quite a lot of work. Uh, my in-laws, for example, helped out with Crisis at Christmas, which yeah, right, I yeah. think is Very a fantastic. Good. Yeah, yeah sort of initiative yeah um, well that probably is a great gift isn't it yeah, yeah your you know, time at Christmas yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. as I know Oxfam yeah. being criticised but you know like buying someone a goat or whatever yeah no my late brother did that quite at Christmas as well yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah. Like, it's a fantastic thing to do very good very good uh, so anyway going back to the food enjoy your orange in Th- the knowledge that it thank is, you uh, it's climate footprint is not that great thanks I'm going to really appreciate it my pleasure. So you've got some obscure <laughs> and quite expensive looking volcano salt. Yeah. And I bought you an orange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, look, on, on that on that note, I'm going to read, yeah. can I read a poem? You can read a poem. This is my second one. Great, yeah. Don't worry. You've only... I think it's a gift for me to allow you to read <laughs> two poems. You've only got one more to go. <laughs> okay. Now this one is called Turquin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the Turquin. I've just the Turquin. No, I've just noticed. So Go for it. Hopefully you'll. Hopefully you like it, everybody out there. <clears throat> it's what the secret benefactors had been waiting for. Reports were being received that a combination of black and white and reddish feathers had finally been spotted, scuttling and swaying across the Antarctica landscape. Rumours of a long lost tribe of birds had been circling the bird watching community for years, and this was it: a fur of the dodo. Fossil records suggested much, but the Western world was sceptical as hoaxes were real. Now ornithologists cried with joy. This was no Nessie, no Yeti. They had all seen the never-spotted Turquin. Not many, but one was enough to prove their existence. Captain Scott thought he had glimpsed the mysterious creature, but his letters were seen as the ravings of a madman. Hallucinatory in description. Who would believe a waddling bird with a gobbling sound in the snow? No one. But hearsay gathered, adapted and mutated year after year after year until this expedition was launched, secretly funded with little expectation. 
Through binoculars, they observed the small group of Turquins, clearly playful for birds skiddled on their bellies for fun. When waddling and gobbling, they were like drunk sailors, dressed for dinner, enjoying their natural habitat. It was an amazing sight. One could only imagine this was a one-off, the last of their kind. But who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Christmas Day in London, and the oligarchs gathered. This year, the three-bird roast had an unexpected new star. They couldn't believe how utterly delicious it was. And it went perfectly with the 41 Inglenook. Bon appétit. Ooh. I, say, I didn't really understand that one. <laughs> <laughs> I need to listen to it back. Well, that one is to do with... Contiguous um, consumption? Yes. Yeah. It's a bit like, what was that story you told about Mitrond? Oh, yeah, he had that yeah. sort of songbird. You weren't allowed to eat anymore on his yeah. deathbed. And what the idea here is that the oligarchs, yeah. you know, have funded this expedition. To find an obscure bird to eat. The last of its kind, and they just ate it. Yeah. So killing off the species. It is a, yeah. an indictment on, on, on man. Yeah. Can we get back to some of our Christmas <laughs> It is Christmas, because they're having the Turquin. Oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is about more something more uplifting. Okay, all right. Yeah. Let's get let's get uplifted somehow. Right. Listen on high note. Oh, okay. Christmas is great for the economy, isn't it? German Xmas oh German Christmas markets. Tell yeah. us all about them. Tell you all about them. Oh, have um, you not got much information on it? Well, I've got a little bit. They're, Go for they're, it. They're, they're actually very old. Right. Some sort of Christmas markets in Europe date back sort of, you know, a long time. Yeah. Sort of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Have you been to one? Uh, have I been to an actual German market? No. Right. Have you? I went German on a school Christmas trip. Market, yeah, I went on a school yeah. trip to Cologne, and yeah. and they are amazing affairs. Yeah. You know, like skating. I mean, I think uh, we had the wind, winter wonderland here and yeah. stuff like that in the UK, and you know, I, I just think they're rip-off versions of yeah. these great German Christmas markets. Yeah. You go there, and it's such a lovely environment, and they're. Yeah. In Cologne, you just go from one kind of square to another, yeah. drinking apple schnapps or whatever it might be. It's, oh, it's oh, it's so lovely, yeah. nice. So nice. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd like to go to one. Um, one of my favourite paintings, actually, is by, it's called The Hunters in the Snow. Oh, right, okay. So this sort of medieval European wintry scene. Yeah. And you're looking down on the town, there's people skating and, mm. and so on. But I would, that's kind of my... Uh, I imagine that's what Christmas markets yes. used to be like those hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So there is a tradition to yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things about Christmas that we think are traditional aren't traditional. Right. But actually, ironically, uh, markets no, are. They are. quite yeah. capitalist about okay. that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot of them are. are oh, wherever they were Christmas markets, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but there we are. Yeah. So, but the impact on the economy generally uh, is quite substantial, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, for example, I was reading an article which you sent me, actually, which was a blog by someone at Birmingham University. Right, right? yeah. The 12 Economic Impacts of Christmas uh, by Professor John Bryson. Right. So, it talks about the impacts on toys and seasonal production. Uh, apparently, it takes about 12 to 18 months to develop a new toy. Wow, quite so a long you're time. thinking about, like, the must-have toy yeah, this yeah. Christmas. They'll have been thinking about this, not this summer, but the summer before. Yeah, amazing. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Uh, UK retailers take about 21% of their retail consumption of the Christmas period. Incredible, yeah. Which is big, isn't it? 
Uh, we mentioned about temporary work, haven't we? Uh, I mean, Christmas Day itself, of course, is there isn't you, you know shops cannot open in the UK. Yeah, but I suppose there are online Still shops. Still loads of shopping online, online that day. Going online, isn't it? I always found it interesting that Coca-Cola sales go up at Christmas because um, just people see it as a treat. Yeah. A Christmas treat. So I'm it's kind of drink Coca-Cola. Yeah. Like yeah. moving away from their kind of old school, you know, classic cola or whatever from Sainsbury's. Yeah. You know, that is the time to treat yourself. It seems quite weird on that marginal level, really. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So other impacts. Isn't there a like... bit at the end about the German Christmas markets? There is gonna come to that. Okay. Yeah. I was just talking through his <laughs> other impacts. Well, we talked about some of the environmental ones, haven't we? Yeah. Uh thirty percent more rubbish is produced. Yeah. yeah. No, we're doing the good stuff now. Oh, oh yeah, all right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I just wait, skip through that. So I pass over drink drive collisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so there we are. Uh, Birmingham's German Christmas market, because obviously this chap's writing in, 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 uh, in, Germ- in, uh, in Birmingham. Birmingham. Oh, that's, that's slightly worse than your Mancunian accent. <laughs> Apparently it brings additional financial benefits of 85 million to the city. Huh. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? But the overall impact of the Christmas on the economy uh, has been estimated to be really quite substantial. Uh, 1997 household expenditure during the Christmas season was 170 billion. Wow. And by 2012, this had risen to 240 billion. Yeah, well, the commercialisation of Christmas is ramped up, isn't it? Continually. Yeah. But, because we said we'd end on a high note. Yeah. I do like about Christmas is it does give you a bit of time to you know relax with family and yes, friends yeah, I know and that's we a joke nice about thing, yeah. sort of having to visit relatives we don't want to see there's a bit of that but there's also visiting relatives you do want to yes, see yes yes we'll have a good old jolly on yeah. you know New Year's Eve for example won't we, we will do economics in 10 yeah <laughs> does New Year yeah so we probably at this point should, should we wish everyone a happy Christmas can I do I've got one last poem oh you got another poem or should we at this point wish everyone a happy Christmas no worry <laughs> Do your last poem. Do your last poem. Okay. Come on. Well, because on. we know what Christmas is like. You yeah. overindulge. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, I want to end it on a note that is um, obviously of a toilet nature. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. okay. You're lowering the tone. Yeah, basically. I am. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done this before. Yeah. Go okay, on. ready. This is called Returning to Work After Christmas. First day back is always a killer after one too many turkey dinners. It's got to the point where I can't see my chap when I stand up straight <laughs> and look down at my lap. It seems I've morphed into a pot-bellied pig that long ago danced its final jig. Putting on my trousers was a sight to be seen and my lanyard had fun on its new trampoline. The slim fit shirt was bursting at my belly. I've played myself like Machiavelli. So, should I do the five and two? Or choose a sport like Kung Fu? Or drink less to shift the weight? Or just accept my certain fate? I'm not really sure what I should do. But for a start, I'll go to the loo. There we are, yeah. So in the great British tradition of toilet humour. There we are. So, on that note, uh, we should wish all our listeners a very Merry Christmas. A very Merry Christmas and a uh, happy and prosperous New Year. Don't go into debt over Christmas, it's not worth it. Yeah, but we'd like to thank you for listening as always. And uh, we'd like to thank our friend Nick and obviously wish him a happy Christmas. Yeah, very much so. uh, And give us technical advice. And remember, Look out for our Christmas photo on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, where we'll be wishing all our followers a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, look forward to that. And remember, you can always email us if there's things that you want to hear 
on Economics in 10 in the new yeah. year. Email us at economicsin10 at gmail.com. And maybe send us your favourite Christmas cracker joke. Send us your favourite Christmas <laughs> cracker joke. That would be wonderful. So, bye for now. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas.